Okay, then go chapter four. We will be reading Joshua chapter four. Lift your toes, and you will see. Setting memorial stones. Now, Joshua chapter three and four are talking about the same thing. Joshua chapter three and four are talking about the same thing. Joshua chapter three and four are talking about the same thing. Joshua chapter three and four are talking about the same thing. Joshua chapter three and four are talking about the same thing. Joshua chapter three and four are talking about the same thing. Joshua chapter three and four are talking about the same thing. Joshua chapter three and four are talking about the same thing. Joshua chapter three and four are talking about The Jewish people had to follow the Ark of the Covenant as they walked. And the Ark is the spiritual GPS of the Jewish people. And this was last Sunday's message. And the main point in chapter 4 is the stone. After the Jewish people crossed the Jordan, they set up 12 stones as a memorial. Why is that? It is because people are very forgetful. There are some things that when we forget them, it's not that impactful. But there are other things that when we forget about them, the impact is great. Think about it. If one day, if you have forgotten all of your knowledge, if you have forgotten all of your experiences, and you have forgotten about your belief, I tell you that that will have a great impact on your life. But why is it that people are very forgetful? It is not only a matter of aging. It's not just a matter of the memory. Brain of people are very amazing. Everything that happens in our lives are recorded in our minds. But then, we have selective memory. You will select which memories you will remember and which memories you will forget. And these things, it will have a great impact on us. It is just like a knife that is engraved in us. Your entire, in your entire life, you will remember about these things. And what's strange is, if you tell it to other people, they will think, is it true? Why is it that some people forget about it, but you remember about it? It is because of your selective memory, you remember about this thing. For you, this matter is a very important matter. For you, this matter hurt your heart. Or this has given you a very joyful experience. And so in your entire lifetime, you remember about it. In August 1, 1988, I came to the Philippines. In the evening at 8 p.m., I shared in a congregation. And this was something that happened 35 years ago when I came to the Philippines. But then I can forever remember it. And I remember it very vividly. Why is that? It is because I have uh, chosen to remember about this. For me, this matter was a very important thing. And five, 50 years after, 100 years after, Will people remember about this? Of course not. 
God. Of course not. Unless. Unless. I put this thing. And I write it on an iron panel. That August 1988, Reverend Shong came to the Philippines. And I will make a panel. And I will place it in my home. And I tell my son that you have to remember about this matter. When I pass away, you have to tell my grandson, your son, and to the next generation. And you will have to tell them about this thing and remember about this. Of course, I will not do this. And my son will also say no to me. Because there is nothing important about this. Why is it that we will remember about it? But then, God asked the Jewish people to remember about a very important thing. You have to set memorial stones to remember how I brought you out from the land of Egypt and as you crossed this Jordan River. And this will be a memorial until forever. Why is that? There are three reasons. It is for commemorating. It is for giving thanks. And it is for passing on. Number one. First. To commemorate. If you read Joshua chapter 4 verses 1 to 9. You will see that they set memorial stones twice. It means that there were two piles of 12 stones. First is something that's visible. These stones were set at Gilgal. And Gilgal was a place where the Jewish people stayed that night. And all of them saw these 12 stones. And the other 12 stones are invisible. These are at the bottom of the Jordan River. And these memorial stones, although they are different, they have the same meaning. It is to commemorate the great works of God. If you look at the first pile of stones, if you look at verses 1 to 8, Joshua told the Jewish people that you have 12 tribes and you have to select one person from each tribe and the moment that the Jordan uh, separates or divides, you have to take up a stone from the middle of the Jordan and then take it up on your shoulder and it seems that the stone was very big. And you will have to put them down at the place where you will stay that night. Why is it that you have to do it this way? If you look at verses 6 to 7, it, to serve as a sign among you, in the future when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. 
And these stones will serve as a sign to remember what? To commemorate what? It is an evidence that the Lord has indeed divided the Jordan River. And the Jewish people were able to travel on dry ground as they crossed the river. And it is a commemoration of the great work or great power of God. And it is also a remembrance of the unity of the Jewish people. Twelve tribes, there were twelve people. And there were twelve big stones. And this is a sign of unity. If you look at verse 8, so the Israelites did as Joshua commanded them. They took twelve stones from the middle of the Jordan, according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites, as the Lord had told them, and they carried them over with them to their camp where they put them down. The Jewish people did according to what Joshua said. And it was the first time that they set memorial stones. And there was a second time. If you look at verse 9, Joshua set up the 12 stones that had been in the middle of the Jordan at the spot where the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant had stood, and they are there to this day. It turns out that Joshua set up another pile of stones. When the Jordan River divided, there are 12 stones in the mid, at, the, at the bottom of the Jordan River. And at that time, they were able to see it. But when the priests came up out of the water, and then the water uh, flowed back and it submerged the 12 stones. And these are now stones that are invisible to the naked eye. But in their hearts, they saw it. And it was still in that place. And so, dear church, there are two memorial stones. The first one is visible. And the second pile of stones was submerged. And the ones that are visible, it will stimulate our hearts so that we will see that God is indeed amazing. But then the invisible stones, it will become a remembrance in our hearts. Although our, our eyes do not see it, but in our hearts we are clear that it was placed in this area, in this spot. When we were building this discipleship center, there are visible and invisible memorial stones. When we were building the foundation, we put the blueprint and the Bible in the foundation of this building. Of course, those things you will no longer see because it is below us, under us. And that is our foundation. We want the church to know, the brothers and sisters to know that the Word of God is the foundation of this church. And last April, last year's April, 
When we consecrated this discipleship center to the Lord, we made a plaque. I do not know if you have noticed this, but when you are about to enter the discipleship center, before you reach the lobby, there is a bronze plaque and uh, it is set there. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. Every time we come to this place, it reminds us about one thing, that the Lord Jesus is the one and only foundation of this church. And this, this place has been built up in Christ. And this is a remembrance. It is a commemoration of God's great works. And second reason is to give thanks. You know that Chinese people have a saying that you have to remember the source when you drink water. Because early on, the water is not easily sourced. If you turn on the faucet, there will be no water flowing. And you have to look for a source of water. And you have to bring the water to your house. The moment that you are drinking water, then you have to remember what the source is of this water. And what is the meaning of this? You should not forget about God's grace. Do not take it for granted. And what you have obtained is but God's grace. And the Jewish people built this to, uh, set up memorial stones as a remembrance. Do not only not forget about the great works of God, but for the Jewish people to also learn to give thanks. So that they will not become ungrateful people. In Thessalonians, First Thessalonians chapter five, Paul reminds us. We have to give thanks in all things, for this is the will of Christ Jesus in you. And when the Jewish people crossed the Jordan River, there were two things that they ought to be thankful for. Number one, first. They had to thank God because God gave them a leader. And they affirmed Joshua's leadership. If you look at chapter 4, verse 14, that day the Lord exalted Joshua in the sight of all Israel, and they stood in awe of him all the days of his life, just as they had stood in awe of Moses. If you remember, uh, chapter 1 was talking about Moses. Moses has, that Moses has already passed away. And Moses was telling Joshua that you have to rise up. But Joshua dared not rise up and was unwilling to rise up. Why is that? He dared not get ready because of lack of faith and he was not willing to get ready due to heavy burden. Because to become the successor of Moses is a very difficult thing. In the eyes of the Jewish people, Moses was like a man of God. 
face to face กับ and he was able to have a face to face conversation with God and that responsibility was so great so Joshua and so Joshua dared not rise up and was unwilling to rise up but then we thank God after they experienced the crossing of the Jordan the Bible says that the people revered Joshua as they did with Moses and then now they uh, in one accord went to the promised land to obtain God's promise it was 40 years ago why is it that the Israelites was not able to obtain the promised land because they did not have the unity of heart there were 10 spies that said that we should not proceed but two of the spies said that we should proceed and that resulted to problems and they were not able to enter and they wasted 40 years your church what is it that we lack today leadership it is leadership the country needs a good leader the society needs a good leader and the church also needs a good leader your family also needs a good leader and this is what the world lacks leadership if there is a good leader then God will definitely use this person to accomplish God's work and so may the Lord lead us we have to affirm our church's leadership there are a lot of leaders in the church but then there is something more important it is the leader that um, determines the way of the church we have five elders we have 22 deacons we have 13 preachers these 39 people these are the important leaders in our church and you have to learn to obey their leading so that in one accord we can establish this discipleship church and the first, this is the first time. this is what they had to give thanks for leadership. that was their leadership second what they had to show gratitude for was the fact that their wandering in the desert has finally come to an end if you look at verses 17 to 18 so Joshua commanded the priests come up out of the Jordan and the priests came up out of the river carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. No sooner had they set their feet on the dry ground than the waters of the Jordan returned to their place and ran at flood stage as before. When two million uh, Jewish people crossed the Jordan, Joshua asked the priest uh, Joshua asked the priest to come up out of the Jordan. You know, that the priests were the first people who entered the Jordan and they were the last ones to depart from the Jordan and these are leaders they walk ahead of people and um, if there is danger then they are also the last ones to depart and that is a leader if uh, there's a problem in the plane, who leaves the last? It is the pilot. 
And if there's something wrong with the ship, who is the person who leaves or departs the last? It is the, per the person driving the ship. And may the Lord help us. So when the uh, priests uh, set foot on the promised land, it represents that all of the people, all the Jewish people, were already in the promised land. And that was the final end of their 40 years of wilderness life, of life in the wilderness. And Joshua said, You have to set, set memorial stones as a form of showing gratitude that we have already ended our life in the wilderness. Dear church, I would like to ask you a question. In your life, are there things that the moment you see it now, you will remember and give thanks to God for His grace. I would like to share with you a testimony. And this is my eldest um, Doctor. daughter's testimony permission. and I asked permission from her if I can share you know my daughter in her body there are 12 pieces of titanium and this is not her x-ray and this is very simple but hers is 12 pieces it is something that is invisible to the naked eye but every time that I see my child, my daughter I see God's grace in her why is it every time that I talk to her? Sometimes I tell her, you know, you're so expensive. Because in your body there are 12 pieces of titanium. And I have a friend who went to Singapore for an operation. They put two pieces of titanium in his uh, leg. And one titanium is worth 500,000. And he paid for those two titaniums uh, with one, one million. And there was still no professional fee, it's just those two pieces of titanium. I said, you have 12 pieces of titanium in your body. You are very expensive. And this is something that happened years ago. Every time I see my daughter, inside of me, I am filled with gratitude. From before the operation, during the operation, and after the operation, I saw God's great work. And there were many amazing things that happened. I will only speak of one thing. My daughter went to Hong Kong for this operation. This hospital is a public hospital, not a private hospital. But we heard that this is the best when it comes to performing this surgery. And it is a public, uh, public hospital, not a private hospital. And so you cannot choose which doctor you would want to perform that operation. But what's very amazing is the head of the hospital emailed me 
Saying that I will be assigning a doctor to help you out. Every time you go to Hong Kong, look for this Dr. Chung. And so the first time that I went to Hong Kong, I talked to the nurse. I said, I have an appointment with Dr. Chung. And he looked, she looked at me and disrespectfully. She told me that this is a public hospital. It's not a private hospital. And you cannot choose your doctor. And you have to queue up. I said, sorry. But I have an appointment with Dr. Chung. And because I insisted on this, he, she did not want to mind me. And she just typed on her computer. Suddenly, her facial expression changed. And she said, sorry, sorry. Dr. Chung is on his way down. And it turns out that this doctor eventually came down. It was the first time that I met this doctor. And so we went for a consultation. Every time I go to Hong Kong, I would look for this doctor. Before operation. And bef that was before the operation. Praise God. Later on, I realized what was the reason behind it. It turns out that the head of the hospital assigned this doctor to me. And after the operation, everything went well. During that day when my child was to be operated on, I saw Dr. Chung arrive. And he came with all the other doctors. And I thought that he was the one who performed the surgery. And so everything was done, was over. When I visited my daughter, I was talking to my daughter, and I was speaking in Fukienese. And there were two Cantonese nurses beside me, and they were speaking in Cantonese. They thought that I was not able to understand Cantonese, and they continued to discuss. Suddenly, they said that this child, this child is very special. They said that Dr. Lok operated on her. So apparently, it's not Dr. Chung, it's Dr. Lok. And who is Dr. Lok? I do not know. And then that matter ended. When I went out, there was a plaque. And I was looking for Dr. Luke. It turns out that Dr. Luke was the consultant of the whole hospital. And he was the head of the Hong Kong University. And he um, purposefully uh, went to operate on my child. That is why these two nurses said that this child is very special. And why is it that this matter happened? Before I went to Hong Kong, I had a classmate in Hong Kong and he emailed me. He said that, did your child go to Hong Kong for an operation? I said yes. To which hospital did she go to? And then I said, this hospital. And he said that the head of this hospital is my friend. And can I help you out? I said, yes, okay. And then uh, the next day, this uh, person messaged me. It turns out that it happened this way. 
because they said head of the hospital was a person who really loved the Lord and he oftentimes went for medical missions and my friend told him that there is a reverend from Philippines who has been serving for 25 years already and now the child has a problem and may you help him out and the rest was history and so every time that I see my child, I thank God. From the beginning until the end, I saw God's leading, and it was God helping us out. And uh, on the last day when I brought my daughter out of the hospital, I bought two dozens of cake to, for, for the nurses and the doctors. And it is to express my gratitude towards them. May the Lord help us. The moment that you see God's word, think about it. allows you to see God's grace. May God help us. And that is the second reason. Third reason, it is to pass on. God wanted the Jewish people to set memorial stones. The most important reason for that is to pass on. It is not only for this generation, next and next and next generation. But it is for the succeeding generations so that each and every generation of Jewish people will understand and remember about this thing. And they will forever remember about God's grace. Just like when we break bread, why is it that we break bread? So that God's love will be passed on from one generation to the next. So that we will never forget about this. If you read Joshua chapter 4 thoroughly, Joshua spoke about the reason why they set up memorial stones twice. And the first one was, it was before the Jordan River was divided. And the second time, it was when the Jordan River was already divided. He explained that twice. And there are two different uh, meanings inside. First is, he explained before the setting of the stones, it is because he wanted faith to be passed on. If you look at verses 6 to 7, to serve as a sign among you, in the future when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. Joshua said that if your children ask you what is the meaning of these stones, you have to tell them that the Lord Jesus, uh, that God stopped the flow of the Jordan so that our ancestors were able to walk on dry ground as they passed the river. And you have to remember that during this time, the Jordan River was not yet opened or divided. And so this, these words were uttered by faith. 
If you remember my message last week, Jordan River the Jordan River was just very shallow. If you go to the Holy Land, you will understand what I mean. It's not a very deep river. But, but, during springtime, during harvest, it was at flood stage. Yes, in 1947, and this is a picture from 1947. And in front was Jericho. And that was Jordan River. And that is a picture taken during springtime. And uh, the new generation of Jewish people, they were the ones born in the wilderness. And their entire lives, they have never seen rivers. And if they see this, they will not believe it. But by faith, Joshua proclaimed this this Jordan River will be divided. And this is faith. What is faith? In Hebrews, it says it very clearly. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. And faith sees the conclusion of things. And before that thing happens, they have already the confidence. And what is faith? Faith is not about believing in oneself. Faith is trusting what God has said. When what you think it has conflict with what God says, that is faith. You should not believe in yourself, but rather believe in what the Bible says. And this is what we call faith. Because God is very amazing. If He says that this be so, then it happens. When God said that the Jordan River has to be cut off, then it was cut off. And why is it that Joshua had so much faith? It is because he believed in what God told him. Before the Jordan River was divided, the Lord said to Joshua, Today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel so that you may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. May the Lord help us, dear church. You have to pass on the faith that you have in your life. Dear church, what is more dreadful is that the church will not have the next generation. And Satan wants to destroy us by destroying the next generation. If you go to Europe, their assembly halls are more beautiful than this. But then if you look at the attendees, sometimes you will, fear, you will be afraid. I had the chance to go to Turkey to go uh, with Paul's journey, the footsteps of Paul. If you, uh, you will go to various churches. You will see that the people attending are only 10 and all are elderly people. All of them are elderly people, none of them are young. 
And there is no next generation. You remember a testimony that I've shared before. When I came to the Philippines, there was a Cantonese church that invited me to go and share. 1988, I went there to preach. And I preached there for 15 years. Once a month, I went there to preach in the afternoon. When I was starting, there were only 20. But then all of them were elderly people. And every time I went there, one time I went there, there were only eight left. And then I told them, I will keep preaching to the point that all of you will start dying. And indeed, they passed away. Because from 20 people, they're now down to eight. And then later on, I no longer went to that church. These eight people, how many of them are left? I don't know. But I know that two of them have already passed away. Uh, the, the owner of Lingnam was the one attending there near church where is our next generation may the Lord help us you have to pass on the testimony of faith in your life so that your children will come to know God the second time Joshua once again explained to them after the, so the stones were already set but then the main point here is to witness he wanted the next generation to pass on this testimony if you look at verses 21 to 24 he said to the Israelites in the future when your descendants ask their parents what do these stones mean tell them Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground for the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan what he had done to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us until we had crossed over. He did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. And this was the second time that Joshua explained to them they have already passed through the Jordan. And this is a testimony after they have seen that miracle. And Joshua was saying that you have to pass on this testimony. There are two influences. To impact. First is you have to witness to all the peoples of the earth. He did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and that so that you might always fear the Lord your God. First testimony, it is not for the believers. But the first testimony is for the unbelievers. So, so that these people will come to know that our God is the one true and living God and He is the powerful God. And these are the words that the Lord Jesus spoke of. 
But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Your church. We, we ought to become witnesses of God in this world. And testifying about God's work in our lives and our experiences of the Lord. It is testifying not about our greatness, but how great our God is. And we are only a tool in God's hands. If you look at this, here I have two gloves. One is for um, cooking. And this is very cheap. It's 10 pesos. But this is more expensive. 50 pesos. And I ask you one thing. These two gloves, are they useful? If I leave it on the table, whether it's 5 pesos, 50 pesos, or 50,000 pesos, it's useless. It's but a glove. But if I put this glove in my hand, is it now useful? It now has use. Because what my hands will do, this glove will do. If I want to get grab something, this glove will help you If I write something, then this glove will also write. And please do remember that you and I are but gloves. No matter how beautiful, handsome, uh, wealthy, or educated you are, if God does not want to use you, and you are useless in the kingdom of God, but if God would want to use you, you say that I am uneducated, that I do not have much money, no, 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 no. no. For as long as you are in the hands of God, and you will be able to accomplish the work that God has entrusted to you. Joshua told the Jewish people, you have to testify about this. Testify about God's great work and God's great deeds in your life. And secondly, it is to witness to fellow believers. And so that you might always fear the Lord your God. And so these were words spoken to the Israelites. Sometimes when we testify, sometimes the unbelievers will feel that this that the God of this person is so amazing. But among believers, through our testimony, they will start fearing the Lord. And I tell you, not all Christians fear the Lord. No, no, no. No, it's not the case. Sometimes there are Christians who do not fear the Lord. But when do we know how to fear the Lord? It is the moment that you yourself experience that God is so real. That's when you will fear the Lord. Chinese people have this uh, statement. It's goosebumps. The hair stands. Do you have that kind of an experience? And some people scare us, then you have goosebumps. But when we experience something, and 
Suddenly you come to realize that God is so real that you will have goosebumps. I ask you, have you had this kind of an experience? I would like to share with you a simple testimony. This, this happened years ago. At that time, uh, computers were not yet that advanced. And I really love to listen to some pastors as they share their messages. Before, if you were to download a message, it will take so long. And so I wanted to buy a DVD player. And you put in the CD and then you will be able to listen to it. And so I went to go buy a DVD player. There was one day, I went with my wife to and we searched for this DVD player. I saw one unit. And at that time, it was worth 4,500 pesos. And I really loved this. But then at that point in time, 4,500 was very expensive. And so I looked at it. I want it, but I don't. I want it. I was having second thoughts. And then later on, I decided that I will no longer buy this. I cannot buy it. And so I went back home. You know, when I went back to my office, when I opened the door, suddenly on my table, there was a gift. It was wrapped. And I opened it. When I saw that, Indeed, I had goosebumps. Why is it that I had goosebumps? Because this unit was exactly the same unit that I saw in SM. It was the unit that I dared not buy. And indeed, I had goosebumps. And then the Bible verse came up. The Lord is my shepherd, the I Lord shall not be in want. Is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. I will, the Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not be in want. May the Lord help us in your lives. How many times have you experienced that the God that you worship is so alive? If you have experienced this, then you will know how to fear God. If you have never experienced this, then your belief will just be a knowledge and it will not enter into your life. And so may the Lord help us. Of course, now we do not need to set up memorial stones. But every time that we experience the works of God, may the Lord help us. We have to remember and we have to give thanks and we have to pass it on. So that the things that God has done in your life will be passed on from one generation to the next. I remember it, is January, it was January 1 back then. We went out to celebrate with my family. There was one night. I asked my three children to come. I said, 
I will share with you my experiences from the time that I believed in the Lord until now. I do not speak of it regularly. But that time, I thoroughly shared it to them. How I believed in the Lord. Why I came to the Philippines. What I encountered in the Philippines. I hope that through my experiences, my children will come to know my God. May the Lord help us. May we set memorial stones so that the next generations will not depart from our God. And what is it that God said? Those who love me and those who obey my commands, my love will be with them until in the next, throughout generations. May God's grace be passed on from one generation to the next. May the Lord bless us. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that today, um, through Joshua chapter 4, setting of memorial stones, that this allows us to understand that we need to commemorate, to give thanks, and to pass on. That our experiences of God will be passed on to the next generation. And God, may you bless your church from the beginning until now. There are three generations of leaders in the church. But God, may you not stop this leadership so that we will have the fourth and fifth and sixth generations of leaders so that this gospel will continue to be preached so that this church will become a discipleship training center so that we will accomplish the mission entrusted to the church. Go and make so that we will grow and make disciples. May you bless each and every family, especially those who are the heads of the family, so that, so that we will set a very good example that we will pass on your words and your truth. We thank you, Lord. And as you listen to our prayers, peace we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.